Let's go to the Word of God. Let's go to Revelation chapter 4. Uh, really quick, you guys, you guys know, the, the theme this year has been faith, and God's been taking us deeper. And, and we're, I mean, if you believe it, we're almost three months into the year already. Um, but we've been talking about growing deeper in our faith and our relationship with God. We've been talking about standing in faith, believing God for his promises in 2023. And then we've been talking about keeping the faith, is building that strength in ourselves to stand against persecution, challenges, anything the enemy would send to try and take our faith from us. So we've been talking about that. And then we've been talking about believing God for a, for a, a move of God, having faith for a move of God, having faith for awakening. And, and I believe we're seeing more and more of it happen. We're seeing it even as we gather. We're seeing the, the water levels rise, and, and I believe that's because of God, but it's also because we're stirring our faith for that. We're believing God for it. And, and so what we've been doing this month, the, the series has been awakening, and the whole point has been looking at move of God, awakening, just really leaning into what God is doing right now. And, and so what we've been doing is, the last several weeks at least, we've been going to different passages of Scripture where people encountered God, because we said that's really at the center of all, meeting with God. Revival is when God shows up. Awakening is when people encounter God or they meet God in a way that transforms their life. That's, that's, that's at the root of everything. You start talking to people, you start digging into the story, there's going to be meetings with God that transform their life. And so we're thankful for the meetings that happen, but we're also hungry for fresh meetings. We're hungry for what God wants to do. We're hungry that each one of us, you know, we're hungry for our children, our youth, for all of us to be meeting God. So I want to go today to Revelation chapter 4, and we're just going to do what we've been doing. We're going to read and we're going to talk. So let's read Revelation 4. It says, After these things I looked, and behold, the door was standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me, saying, Come up here, and I'll show you things that must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. They had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf. The third living creature had the face like a man and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures each having six wings were full of eyes around and within and they did not rest day or night saying holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty who was and is, and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you uh, for speaking to us from your word today. Thank you for inciting in us, birthing in us just a fresh hunger for you and to know you, uh, to meet with you, little boxes or make you small in our eyes, but to see you for who you really are. And so I thank you even as we've had the opportunity today to worship and to celebrate, just we, we humbly go to your word and ask you to 
to grow us today, to make us more like you. And so we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's just work our way back through this passage, and I want to point out several different things. Uh, we're we're going to shift gears a little bit next week because it's uh, Palm Sunday. We're leading up to Easter, and so we've had this amazing time to talk about awakening. But I really don't, the spirit of what's happening, I don't want that to shift, if that makes sense. I don't want, I, don't, I want us to keep going for it. I want us to keep pressing in together. I want us to keep pursuing what God's doing. And I, I do, I feel confident that we're going to keep that. But today I want to I just take some more time. We're going to go through this passage, but I want to I encourage us in, in just some things that we want to embrace to be people who continue to seek the presence of God, people who continue to you know, have this heart for awakening, to continue to have this heart for what he's doing. Uh, so let's look here at Revelation chapter 4. The first thing I want to I comment about this chapter is it's very important to understand this chapter is a snapshot or a, a, a quick video clip a real, if you could say it, of, of what it looks like in the throne room of heaven. This is not symbolic. You know, sometimes in scriptures, there's things or there's areas that are symbolic and, you know, there's this picture, but it really means something else. Or something. No, this is actually us getting a window. So remember, we talked about revelation is a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a revelation of who God is, first and foremost. And so it starts in chapter 1 with Jesus appearing to John. There's a revelation of Jesus Christ. Then revelation 2 and 3, he brings the messages to the churches, which were pertinent in that time, but also pertinent to us in the days that we're living in. And then 4, there's this window that opens up again, a revelation of Jesus Christ for us to see more of what God's like, to see what heaven's like, to see what the throne room is like. And so this is a picture of what heaven looks like even right now. This is a picture, and that's why these passages are so valuable and so precious, because I don't know, sometimes we just kind of read over them, but, but if we're people who pursue the knowledge of God, if we're people who want to know more of who he is, these passages need to jump right us because they're showing us more of who God is. You know, one of the things I was reflecting on as I was preparing for today is so often... And I think it's very kind of Canadian, North American Christianity. I, I realize how much it's a filter that I get pulled into. But so often we approach the Bible simply for uh, principles and truths on how to live our life. How to, how to be a better Christian. How to have a good marriage. How to get married. How to be a you know, good parent. How to, how to see breakthrough in my finances. You know, all these things. Now, I'm not against that because God's word is wisdom for life. God's word is going to show us that. But I, I realize how often we stop there. And that's not even the primary purpose of the scriptures. That's a secondary purpose. It is a purpose. But the primary purpose of the scriptures is to reveal God to us. The primary purpose of the scriptures is God saying, I want you to know who I am. I want you to know what I'm like. I want you to know what, what, what my ways are. And so I'm giving you my holy book to help you understand more of who I am. And so, yes, out of that, there's principles for life and there's good wisdom and there's things to do. But so often, if we just dwell in that realm, we're missing the richness and the depth of a revelation of who God is. And so this revelation for is not necessarily, no, I mean, you could, the word of God's amazing. You could pull, this is not a principle how to have better life. This is saying, this is what God's like. This is who he is. Meditate on this and you're going to get a greater, greater revelation of your father. 
It's going to change your worship. It's going to change the way you live. It gives you a snapshot of, of what things are going to be like. And, and, and there's so many throughout the scriptures. And so it's, it's this heart, and it's part of in this season, that we have a heart first and foremost to know God. Everything else flows out of that. You get God, you get everything else. Right? You get the treasure in the field. I mean, you get everything that you need. He's the pearl of great price. He's the one. And so there's this heart, and we see that in this. So we, wanna, we don't want to skim over passages like this. We want to live in passages like this. And we want to live, because I think sometimes, I know especially myself, I'm a, I'm a steps guy, right? I like my steps. I like my routines. I like my order. You can ask my wife. You throw off my routines, I start struggling really quickly. Because, I, I mean, I put my keys in the same place every day when I come home to the house. If my keys aren't there, if I put them somewhere else, I'm in trouble. I remember when we first got married, Pastor Sharon's mom pulled her aside and said, Sharon, I've noticed something about Brendan. He's going to need your help. She said, he loses things. He leaves things. So you're, one of your jobs as his wife is to help him remember where he put things. I, don't, I, I, I plead the fifth. I'm not saying either way. But I will say this. I have my routines and my order. And so it's so easy to look at steps and to try and break things in. And, and there's so much more that God is calling us to. But see, it takes faith to go there. Because steps and sometimes these different things, we can, we, we, we can parcel them and put them together. And it's easy to try and relate God that way instead of just going, God, just I, there's so much more. Take me deeper. What does that look like? You don't know because he's taking you deeper into stuff you don't know. But it's this hunger and this prayer. Because blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. You can hang out here in the shallow end where it's safe and it's easy. Or you can let God take you into the deep. But it's scary to go in the deep because you can't control things when you're in the deep. There's unknown things in the deep. You have to trust God in the deep. Right? Some of you, that's just your word today. Get out of the shallow end. Dive into the deep. Right? Just go for it because God's got so much for you. Amen. Someone's saying amen to that. Go for the deep. Now, the other thing I love about this passage, okay, I'm really going to have to pick up my pace. The other thing I love about this passage is this passage speaks about the beauty and the greatness of God. And we need to spend a lot of time in the beauty and the greatness of our God. Again, so often we get pulled into principles. And again, I'm not against it. I will stand up here some weeks and I'm going to teach you four real great principles to do this in your life because God loves you and he wants to help you with that. And he wants you to be successful in your life. But that's all we're doing. We were created for more. We weren't just created for principles and ideas. We're created for the beauty of God and to behold him. We're designed to love beauty. We're designed, I mean, it's a, we're designed to be attracted to beauty in one another. We are designed to be attracted... I don't know, just like, maybe there's, think about a place in the planet Earth that just takes your breath away. Like, I love mountains, man. Like, you put me in, like, driving through the Rockies when you're out, like, in the West Coast and you kind of come up the Rockies. I mean, I just, there's something, but the Bible says it speaks of the majesty and the greatness of God, right? It's actually, when you see something beautiful, part of the design of it is actually to awaken your heart to the beauty of who God is because he's even more beautiful, because that creation reflects him. I could get a sweet talk line in for my wife right now, but I'll just keep preaching. Uh, Psalm 27, verse 4. David said this, One thing I've asked of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. See, if we're honest, for a lot of us, that, that, that's kind of foreign to us. But, but there's this thing about gazing upon his beauty. 
Isaiah 33, 17 says, your eyes will behold the king in his beauty. They will see a land that stretches afar. There's something God's doing these days about being captivated by who he is. And even for some of us, the whole idea of God's beauty, you know, we're trying, we don't really put those words together, but it's just talking about his magnificence, his majesty, how incredible he is, how awesome he is, how holy he is, how powerful he is. And it just completely is, is, is beyond what we can comprehend. But again, are we going to stay in the shallow end or are we going to let God start to take us into the deep? That's part of the call. And so I love this. Let's look at the passage for a little bit here. It says, after these things, I looked. Everybody say, I looked. See, this is very interesting. Right off the top to me. It didn't say, I saw. It said, I looked. Catch the difference there. Seeing something can be passive. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. But when you look, you are actually intentional about it. Right? It's one thing to see through the window. It's another thing to look through the window. That's a decision that you made. Guys, I want to encourage you in this time. God is looking for those who will look. God is looking for those who will intentionally look to him. Those who will intentionally go to It's about this theme we've been talking about, this saying yes to him. Will we be those who look? So often we miss what God has for us, not because it wasn't there, but because we weren't looking. Will we be saying yes to him? Will we be those who look? That's why we're talking, I love our team, just in singing songs. God, I want to see you. Right? I want to see all these themes. He looked, but see, John intentionally said, I looked. So there's an, an action on our part. Will we be those who look? And then we see here, I said, I looked, and I saw a door standing open in heaven. I believe in this season, part of what we're experiencing, God is opening some doors for us. But doors are always an invitation because they can open, but you still need to go through them. God is opening doors. There's a door in the Holy Spirit right now. There's a door in some things that God is doing. And so, but watch what happens is he's looking for those who are looking. Because if we're not looking, we miss the open doors. But there's a door that is opening up. And I, I laugh about this. First Corinthians 16 verse 9 says this, For a wide door for effective work is open to me, and there are many adversaries. Now most of us like the open door words, we just don't like the adversary part. But I want to encourage you, when God's opening doors and you are starting, listen, the enemy is not, a, like the enemy, if you just kind of do lukewarm, Christian life, show up at church a couple times a month, throw something, the offering basket, the enemy's not worried about you. I mean, prefer you backslide, but if you don't backslide, at least just keep you there because you're not causing any danger to anything in the kingdom of darkness. But when you start becoming someone who looks, when you start becoming someone who's going to step through doors that God is doing, the enemy starts to get nervous, and so he's going to attack you or he's going to bring attack to try and stop you from moving forward. That's why we cannot see spiritual warfare and attacks in our lives as, oh, I must be doing something wrong. I want you to know today, it probably means you're doing something right. Because if you're not doing what God wants you to do, you're not going where God wants you to go, what's the point of opposing you anyways? That means he's going to leave you there. So some of you today are facing some battles, and you see the tendency is you just got to keep going into what God's doing. So there's this ideal of looking. There's this idea of open doors. And I love this. It goes on and said, and I heard a voice which trumpet speaking to me and saying, come up here and I will show you things that much take place. So that's an interesting. He looks, there's a door, but the voice still says, come up here. God always wants us to participate, right? Looking. 
seeing the open door, but will we be those who come up here? God's calling you higher in this season, family. God's calling, I want you to specifically, sometimes I say that generally, yes, amen, pastor, God's calling us higher. No, you, God's calling you higher. God's calling you higher in him, higher in what he wants to do, but will we be those who say yes? Will we be those who are looking? Will we be those who are ready to step through the doors, even if there's adversaries? Will we be those who say yes to come up here? What are you looking at today? What are you looking at throughout your week? Because what the enemy does in so many of our lives is he just gets our life filled with so many different things that are taking our attention. We lose the attention for God. Somebody say, come up here. Verse 2, he says, immediately I was in the spirit. So it's interesting. So now he, he, there's this call. He says yes. And he is brought into the spirit realm. I'm not saying for all of us, if we say yes today, we're going to go into some spiritual vision of the throne room. But I'll say there's some things God wants to bring you into when you say yes. And, and don't, don't limit it. Don't, 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 uh, don't, don't minimize what God maybe wants to do and stir and build in your life in this season. Uh, so he says here, me lives in the spirit. Behold, a throne was set in heaven and one who sat in the throne. And he who sat on the throne was like Jasper and Sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throat in appearance like an emerald. It's really quick on this. This is an amazing, just in a description of the beauty of God. He's looking, and you know how it is? He's trying to find natural words to describe the beauty that he is just, the magnificence, the majesty that he's witnessing. So he's saying it's like, it's like Jasper, a diamond-like crystal brilliance. A sardius is a red gem that has fiery brightness. So there's like this fiery red, there's this diamond brightness. It's just to his radiance. There's a, a rainbow around the throne. There's this rainbow, and it's like he's like an emerald. I mean, so he's just trying to describe God's beauty. Uh, and it's interesting, too. I, I won't go too far down into this part in this section just because I want to. Yeah, but, but we see here there's, there's the 24 elders around the throne. This, this reminds us. It's interesting. I mean, of all the things God put, put around his throne, he puts people. He puts elders. I, I don't know who the, all the 24 elders are. I'm not even going to try today to say, well, I think the elders are this. I'm just saying there's, there's people. And it shows God, even in his magnificence and his majesty, has chosen to work and partner with us. He's chosen to love us. And it's interesting, it said these elders, that they have thrones, they're in white robes with crowns of gold on their head. Now just some real quick thoughts when this talks about thrones speak of rulership or authority. The Bible is very clear. We are called to rule and reign with him. So kind of a catchphrase that go, went around for a while in the body of Christ, but it said right now we're training for reigning. Like even some of you, you maybe feel like some of what you're involved in right now, it's not that significant, but as you're faithful to the Lord, I want you to understand he's got so much for you. And, and we talk about this life, but there's also having an eternal reality and that we're going to rule and reign with him. But there's this understanding of reigning and there's understanding of authority. God wants you to know the authority that you have in Jesus. It's important in this time and this season that we walk in authority. Oh, I love to, just a couple more thoughts. These white robes, 
Uh, there's several things that these can represent, but what it spoke to me of as I prepared today is it spoke to me about the, the robes of righteousness, the garments of salvation. I think in this season, God wants to bring us back again just to that joy of our salvation. Are you thankful that you're saved today? Are you thankful that Jesus loved you, that Jesus gave his life for you, that, that he ever lives to make intercession for you? I believe God wants to bring us back to the joy of our salvation. Right to, to him who is forgiven much, loves much. And I think the reason that many of us struggle in an expressionate, passionate love for God is because we've lost sight of how much we were forgiven. We've lost sight of the joy of our salvation. And it has nothing to do with our works. It's all because of Jesus. He took our, he took our rags and he took whatever we had. He said, I'm going to take your rags of sin and I'm going to give you my robes of righteousness. And so there's this, this, this standing firm in our salvation, but also thankfulness for our salvation. But then there's also the gold crowns on their head. And this reminds you, the Bible talks about, about the rewards that we'll receive for our life in Christ. So it's interesting because the robes have nothing to do with our works. It's completely because of Christ. But the crowns are given to us because of our faithfulness in service to Jesus here in this earth. We need to remember the judgment seat of Christ. There's a great white throne of judgment, which is about, are we saved? Did you receive Jesus or not? That's completely by grace alone. But then there's the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat, as it's called in the Greek translation. And that is the place where the Bible says that the sum total of your life is going to be brought to Jesus. And I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but it's going to pass through a fire. And whatever is gold, silver, precious jewels will remain. Whatever is wood, hay, and stubble will be burned up in the fire. And it says some people will enter eternity, but just barely. Why? Because while they receive salvation, they live for themselves instead of living for Jesus. Don't forsake your crown for temporary pleasures. Don't forsake the crowns and the rewards that Jesus wants to give you for eternity just because it's a little hard right now. Understand, and even the things that you do, maybe you feel like nobody notices, nobody sees. I just feel like, no, listen, Jesus notices, Jesus sees, and he will give a reward for every act of faithfulness, for every time that you suffered, you took a stand, whatever it might be, he will give a reward. There will be crowns that are given, and it's so important those days that we remember this, or else we will stand before Jesus, and he's going to look at us and say, I gave you salvation. I gave you this, this, this. Why did you just live for yourself? Why did you use my principles to just enrich yourself? Why did you go for just selfish living? Why were you more concerned about your car than you were about souls? Why were you more concerned about the size of your house than you were about my kingdom and my purposes? Now, does God have a problem with cars? No. He'll bless you with a nice car. But he's looking at, what are, I, I, there's something so much more important that's going on here. He doesn't have a problem with that stuff. But use your resources as God tells you and, and advance the kingdom. Why? Because you will stand before Jesus. We will give an account. Uh, Anybody else, we read this part about the seven spirits of God. Anybody else to kind of mess with you a bit? Like, wait a minute, I thought there was one Holy Spirit. What, how, do, how do we get seven spirits? Well, maybe it's just me sometimes, but. <laughs> it's not talking about seven different spirits. It's talking about the seven faceted nature of the Holy Spirit, which we learn in Isaiah 11, verse 2. 
And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. These are all facets of the Holy Spirit. These are all facets of the anointing. And in this time, as we are people who, again, will be centered around him, who will be centered around meeting with him, encountering him, God says, I want you to encounter the spirit of the Lord, my lordship in your life, the spirit of wisdom, of understanding. I want to give you wisdom. I want to give you understanding. How many got some things you don't understand right now that you need to understand and, 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 and it's just, how, how's this going to work in my life? How's God going to do this? I mean, I got a bunch of stuff, but you know what? I've got the spirit of understanding in my life. The spirit of counsel that he comes and brings counsel. Might he gives strength when I need strength. The spirit of knowledge, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Verse 6. Before the throne was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne, around the throne, were four living creatures full of eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf. The third living creature was like the face of a man. The fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And each of the four living creatures, you see them, six wings were full of eyes around and within. I mean, this is just wild stuff now. I, I'm looking forward, I think, to seeing this. We <laughs> look like, you know, I, I laugh. I, I, I was telling you guys last week, you know, that meme that was going around? But see, why do angels always say fear not? <laughs> yeah. well, well, if they look like this at all, you know, it's kind of like, I'd be freaked out. I don't know about you. Uh, here's what I want to say to this, because there's so much richness we could pull from this. I believe here's what God is stirring, is we will be people. It's interesting, the dynamics of this passage, the first, the first half of Revelation 4 describes the greatness and majesty of God. The second half of Revelation 4 describes our appropriate response to him. The re- response that is in heaven, which is now the appropriate response for us. So I get excited when we're having worship service like we're having today. Because I'm going, man, this, this feels a little bit like what it would be like in heaven. This feels what it would be like. I mean, we're not, we're not there. <laughs> we're not there yet. But, but it's like this is, this is what it's like. But here's this, we'll be those people who will, here's what I think, the lion represents courage. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as lions. That as we press into what God's doing this season, as we press in for awakening, I believe there's a holy boldness that God is releasing in our lives. There's a holy boldness that God wants to release over you. A courage that is there. God wants to release courage, but it's courage that comes from beholding him, not from trying to do things in our own strength. The calf or the ox. The oxen was a very important uh, you know, animal, and especially in this culture, because they, they, they were the beasts of burden. They were the ones who, who pulled the plows, who pulled the carts. They, they served. They did what needed to be done. And so as we behold him, not as there this courage, I, I love the line of the tribe of Judah, people of praise. That's why I think what's happening is so important right now. It's a manifestation even of the lion of the tribe of Judah. But, but there's this heart to serve. I want to encourage you as you encounter God, you can't help but want to serve. It's just like, Lord, let me do something. Let me serve your kingdom. What are you doing today for his kingdom? What are you doing for him? One of the traps we can fall into, even like I was saying at the start, you know, coming to service, okay, it's great. Is it all about us? Right, I like it. I like the time. I like the preacher. I like the worship. I like this. I like that. No, it's just I, 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 I. Now, I'm not saying we can't like those things or enjoy those things or love our church. But what I'm saying is God's saying, listen, as you encounter me, you move into a place, you're going, okay, what can I do to serve? What can I do to serve God? 
What can I do to serve God's kingdom and to serve God's purposes? What can I, how can I serve? The worship team wants to come back. Well, uh, interesting, the third one was man. Man who is made in the image of God. Man who is crowned with glory and honor and authority. That's what the scriptures say. I believe God wants us to grow in our authority. And then the flying eagle really speaks of the prophetic and the supernatural. That God's releasing us as a prophetic and a supernatural people who know our authority, who have a heart to serve, who have courage and are a people who praise, who turn it all back to him. Because as I said, they did not rest day and night saying, holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne saying, I, I catch this picture. The living creatures are circling the throne and they're crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is to come. And the, the elders are joining in. And, and notice they're taking their crowns. They're taking their rewards. They're taking what they have and they're casting them at his feet. In other words, they're saying, you gave it to us, but we're giving it back to you because you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of everything that we have. And everything good that we have is ultimate. You see, it brings in this place. And I love this. It says they give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the Why? Because he deserves it. He is worthy of it all. Come on, somebody say he's worthy. What does to be worthy means? It means to be worth it. He is worth it. I remember we were watching several weeks ago, we were watching that video out of Asbury. I don't know if you remember, but the student president, the young lady, they were interviewing her, and she said, yeah, it, she said, we didn't set out to do 24-7 worship and prayer and, and teach you the word. She said, we didn't, we didn't go and say, oh, this would be cool. Let's go 24-7. She said, none of us just wanted to leave. God was moving in such a significant way. And it was just a drop. Probably not even a drop. A micro drop of who he is. But he was so significant. They said, we just don't want to leave. See, guys, they don't worship God. They don't declare, holy, holy, holy. You know, the great big glory is talking about putting the spotlight on him. Honor is saying, you're so valuable to me. I honor you. I place you at the highest priority. The power of thanks. See, these are how we engage and how we move forward. Will we give God glory? Will we give God honor? Will we give God thanks? I love this because it just says here at the end, they say, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Family, I just I want to we're going to bring this down to a close, and I want us just to finish with a, a last few moments of worship today, because we are kind of bringing the awakening series to a close. But I don't want us to stop. I don't want us to stop waking up. I don't want us to stop awakening. It's not like oh yeah okay that was nice that was nice for the month of March. What are we doing in April? We're going after God. What are we doing in April? We're pursuing God. What are we doing in April? We're going deeper, right? We're going to keep going after what God's doing. But here's where it is. It starts with having a heart that recognizing my number one goal is to see him, to know him, to go after who he is. It's not just figuring out life principles so I can live a better life and I can get more money and I can do this and I can that. No, it's saying, God, you're so awesome. You are so holy. You are so magnificent. And it's getting that picture of who he is and growing in that revelation. But then it's responding as a people who say, holy, holy, holy. 
holy, Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. It responds by being a people who say, you are worthy, God. The more we learn to give him glory, to give him honor, to give him thanks, the more we see who he is. The more we see who he is, the more we're transformed. The more we become like him. Everything else flows from beholding him. We become what we behold. And so I want to say that to say this, guys, we're on the right track. Maybe someone's in here. You're honestly came in today. Man, these people sing a long time. And they like really get excited about it. They're excitable. No, actually, that's just, in God's reality, this is just normal. This is, we're pursuing it. We're, we're going, we are pursuing him. We're, we're going after him. But that, so we're on the right track. Let's keep going. We're on the right track. Let's keep pushing because God wants to raise us up as a people of boldness and courage. God wants to raise us up as people who are serving and advancing the kingdom of God, who have spiritual ambition. Stop settling for just trying not to sin and hoping you get to heaven. You're called to do something for God. You're called to advance the kingdom of God. You're called to bring destruction to the powers of darkness, but that happens. We serve as we be hold him everything flows from seeing him for more who he is and so I just want to invite you just really simply at the end today if your heart is to join me and just saying God yeah I, I love the one thing you guys had us singing I will not be silent I will always worship you as long as I'm breathing I will always worship you even if life's hard right now I will always worship you. Even if some things aren't going the way I want it to go, I will always worship you. Even if the money's not in the bank account that I need it to be in the bank account right now, I'm going to believe you for that, but I will always worship you. No matter what, I'm just setting, there's certain things. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they stood before Nebuchadnezzar and he said, listen, you either bow down and you worship my statue or you go on the fire. They looked back at him. They basically said, we don't even need to have a conversation about this. We're not bowing to your statue. We may burn our God, may rescue us, but even if he doesn't rescue rescue us. We're not bowing down to your statue. They, they listen, they go, uh, can we have, can we have five minutes? We need to pray and discern here. We need to kind of have a group discussion. They said, we don't need to talk about it. We don't need to think about it. No matter what, we will always worship the Lord, our God. We will always worship you. And we have a people that we just said in our hearts, we're going to give him glory. We're going to give him honor. We're going to give him thanks. And we are going to watch him manifest himself as he's enthroned in his praises. Can we be that kind of church? And can we be those kind of people. So if you're with me and you just say, we are all, I, I, no matter what, I will always worship you. I want you just to stand up where you are. We're bringing things to a close, but I want you just to lift your hands. If you want to get out to the front, feel free to get out to the front for a second. But I want us right now, we're just going to declare this and we're going to declare the glory of God. We're going to declare and honor him. We are going to lift him up. And I want you to make this like your personal statement. This is your personal statement today that you say as we, and we'll pray and we'll close things down, but your personal statement where you say, we are going to be a people who are about you. We're going to be people of encounter. We're going to be people of meeting you. 
And so, Father, I just thank you today. Our hands are raised here today to you because you're our Father and you love us. And, God, I thank you for what you're doing in us. I thank you for what you're doing in our church. I thank you for the awakening that is stirring in Jesus' name. But, Father, I thank you that we are a people, God, who people who, who love you, who are pursuing you, God, who are pursuing the knowledge of you, who want to know you more. God, who want to see you, who want to hear you, Father. Lord, we don't just want to use you to get a comfortable life or use you to get something happen in our lives. We want you. We want your presence. We want your love. And I thank you that we are a people who will always worship you. We are a people who always lift you up. And I thank you for just doing a work in our hearts in this season, God, to seal this and that the way the water levels are just going to continue to rise in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just declare it today. I will always worship you. Come on, just say it today. I will always worship you. Come on, you're online. Just say, I will always worship you. Come on, let's just take a moment to worship.
yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as Yeah. This is our vow. This is our declaration. And I will not be silent. No matter what comes this week. No matter what situation we're standing in right now. Give a shout to God. Let's lift our voice. God, we love you. We will worship you. We will always worship you, God. All right. As long as I am free. If you need to get out your feet, you can do that. this weekend we had a word about breaking rank and our polite Canadian Christianity not to say you got to get out your seat and jump around the building like Emmanuel I love it it's like that at our house 
but get out of your comfortable place. I'm not just here. It's not about here. Romans 12, what in the message says, here's what I want you to do. Take your everyday, ordinary breathing life and present it before God as an offering. In your living room, in your car. This is where I will not be silent. You are the God of the heavens. You are Jesus Christ, the risen King. Praise him wherever you are all week long. Praise him. We will not be
I think we... (laughs) I'm so conflicted because as a worshiper and as a musician myself, I could stay in the zone forever. Like, I just feel so much energy on worshiping the King. And in fact, this is a thought that I had, that the throne room in heaven, when we're talking about heaven, heaven will be very noisy. There'll be a lot of noise in heaven as we're worshiping our God. So what we're experiencing right now, some of you are like, I don't know if it takes all that. Yeah, it does take all that. It does. Because we are excited about worshiping our God. (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're going to give one more shot of victory. And okay. We're going to give one more shot of victory. And we're, 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 and then I, then I'll say, I don't even know what'll happen after that. Let's just give a shout of victory. One, two, three.